0: This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, amen? Amen. Our, our thoughts and our prayers are with the Lebanon mission team that we sent out, our medical mission team. Our prayer is that God would be with them, that God would go with them, that God would bless their work, and that God would return them to us safely. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to thank Pastor Bill for this opportunity to share with you today as he had a planned leave to be with with, with the team in Lebanon. So thank you, Pastor Bill, for this awesome opportunity. If you don't know me, my name is Desi, and I'm the group's pastor here, and we are continuing in our series, Don't Waste Your Wilderness. This is week two, and we're, we're staying in Numbers chapters one through six. Today is a day of vision for you, for for your for your future, for your family. You may not have realized that coming into the doors today, but it is. And I can't hear the word vision without thinking about one of my favorite verses: Proverbs 29:18. It says, Where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. You might know it as where there is no vision, people perish. And now you're thinking, what's wrong with this guy? Why is that one of his favorite verses? But we'll see as, <laughs> as we move along here. In fact, even this can be a little bit confusing. Where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. So let me flip that into a positive statement. With a vision, the people embrace the restraint. Meaning, with a vision, you now have guardrails. You know what to say no to. You wanna get out of debt? So maybe you need to say no, that the 80-inch TV, it's not in your future, (laughs) right? Maybe you need to stop window shopping on Amazon and adding stuff to the cart or to your wish list. You wanna lose 20 pounds? Well, not today, chocolate cake, (laughs) not today. With a vision, the people embrace the restraint. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot straight with you guys today that today you might need to say no to a few things in order to say yes to all of the blessing that God has for you today. Some things you already know, they're not very helpful in your lives and you just need to get them out. Just, just get them out already. Other things are good things. They're good things, but you might be hearing God tell you today that today it's time, it's time for a change. Last week, we heard that if we want to get the most out of our wilderness, we need to live connected to God and connected to his people. And today, we're going to learn just how to do that. As we continue to sit in the first six chapters of Numbers, we're going to touch on on three things today. Tabernacle, God's presence in our lives, the 12 tribes of Israel, which is our place in God's presence, And and priests, a calling to carry out. Numbers 1-1, a year after Israel's departure from Egypt, the Lord spoke to Moses in the tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. My goodness, the tabernacle was an amazing place where God made his presence visible to his people. For a detailed look at, at all of the amazing things about the tabernacle, all of its incredible significance, I encourage you to go back two weeks to Pastor Bill's message entitled, Deep Symbols in Spiritual Reality. See, within the tabernacle was the tent of meeting. This right here. And only the priests could enter into that tent. And inside of that tent, in the back, was an even more special place, the Holy of Holies, and only the high priest could enter into that place. That's where the Ark of the Covenant sat. You see, in the tabernacle, we had God's presence, we had his power, we had his provision, they had his, they had his leading, but regular people, like right, like all of these people living in all these tents all around the tabernacle. No chance, no chance of ever being able to enter into that tent, of being able to, <laughs> to peek inside, to experience what that must be like. No chance. That there was still like a, there was still a division, <laughs> a division between holy God and and His people. But you see something, something amazing. Amazing happened for you and for me in John chapter 114. It says that the word became flesh and dwelled among us. The word dwell there in the Greek literally it means to tabernacle. It means to to make one's tent. So what John was saying here was actually an extremely bold statement. He was hearkening back to the tabernacle and saying, guess what, there's a new tabernacle in town and he's here in our midst. This was a bold statement. God became a man and tabernacled among us. God became enterable, accessible. You can now now touch him, you can now feel him approachable, there's no longer a separation between God and man. And through Jesus, through Jesus, now the Holy Spirit can come live inside of you. So now we become little tabernacles, right, with his presence inside of us. Little tabernacles all over the world. This is why Paul could write in the first half of Ephesians 3.17 that then Christ can come and make his home in your heart as you trust him. My goodness. What a picture now of an intimate God, right? That he can make his home in your heart. This is where the Christian life begins. It's your new life and with that new life comes a, a new vision, right? A new trajectory. We often think that our way, our way is the best way. I got this covered, right? But God has, has proven time and time again that, that his way is better, is so much better than our way. Maybe this is your experience, God, God, thank you, thank you so much that, that my career path didn't go this way but instead it, it went this other way. Or God, my God, in the waiting, in the longing, in my loneliness and in the, in the heartache and in the pain, you were actually preparing the perfect partner for me. Thank you, God. Sometimes our way, our vision, isn't the best vision. I don't know, maybe this is your experience. I know it's been mine. Sometimes, you know, you go and you visit the eye doctor, you think your vision is pretty good, then they they start flipping through those lenses, (laughs) and suddenly, suddenly you realize that my vision isn't what I thought. And as that final dial gets turned, right, this is gonna be it. This is gonna be the, the, the last turn of the dial. Suddenly you see, now you can see crystal clear that your vision, wasn't all it was cracked up to be, that you needed correction. You needed a new lens. And that's what God offers us when we put our our trust in him. If you're here and you you need help with your vision, you you can't see the heavenly vision that God has for you, maybe because you're new or because you've, you've just recently asked Jesus into your heart, then your next step is to attend startup. Startup happens once a month, And there you can learn what our church is all about. You can also get connected with us in membership so that you can put put your stake in the ground and say, this church, Christ's journey, this is my home. This is my home. Here, it's there at startup. There you can begin to see the path that God has laid out for you. In fact, let's say this from now on, right? Starting today, let's say this from now on. If you've been here for nine months or longer and you've, you've been attending, friends, nine months, you know, It's the time of gestation. If you've been here for nine months or longer, it's time to be born into your family, right? This church is is a family. It's time to be born. Go to startup. Learn what it is to be a member of Christ's journey. The rest of Ephesians 3.17 says, your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong. It doesn't say that you'll just... You'll just sprout some roots and then no growth. No, it says your roots will go down deep and strong. How how does that happen? Friends, it happens through your own personal discipleship. Let me say it again. It happens through your, your own personal discipleship. Well, how do I do that? Well, it sounds like maybe your next step is to attend EDGE where you can learn and grow in your Christ journey. You, you can learn exactly how it is to make your roots grow down deep and strong. You know, with our, our medical mission team being in Lebanon, I was reminded of the awesome opportunity that I had in 2019 to attend that very same trip. And so many amazing things to see there, but one of the big things that really drew me in was, my goodness, the cedars of Lebanon. These amazing trees, hundreds, some thousands of years old. Some so big that you can't even put your, can't put your arms around it, not even halfway, so big. And what a picture, what a picture of our roots, our roots growing down deep. Those trees are immovable. What would, the, what would it look like if you lived a life that was immovable? Because your roots were so down deep into Christ. You know, what struck me about the first few chapters of Numbers is that God doesn't just build things like the tabernacle. He builds, he builds people. He builds his family. He builds his house. He builds his community together. In Numbers chapter 1 verse 2 says, take a census of the whole Israelite community by their clans and families listing every man by name, one by one. This tells me that every individual matters to God. Every man, every woman, every child, every family, everyone, everyone matters to God. My goodness, to be a part of a tribe, a clan, a community, that is what God is showing us here as he gathered his people together in that way. So what, what does that mean for us today? What I get from it is that the Christian life just doesn't, it, just, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when you ask Jesus into your heart. It doesn't stop after you get baptized, which is your next step after faith in Christ. It doesn't stop after attending startup and becoming a member. In fact, in fact I'm saying to you today that those things, that's just, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. We say around here that God created us for community. The same God that loves you, the same God that you asked into your heart to save you and rescue you, that same God is telling you today, do not do life alone. Don't do it, don't do life alone. I know for a lot of us though, it can feel like we're, we're connected. Like we're connected to everyone all the time partly because of these little devices that we carry around in our pockets. You know, the, the endorphins that flood through, through our bodies when we swipe up, the likes, the thumbs up, the comments, the, the looking glass into other people's lives that make you feel like you know them, like you're connected to them, but really you're not. You're not. And how about content? Content can make us feel like we're connected, right? Just consuming and knowing more. YouTube, Google, all the websites out there, all the social media platforms. We are content consumers. But if content were the answer, we'd be fine. But, but we're not. Content is not the answer. I worry about us. I truly do, because I believe we have a false sense of what it means to be in community. You, will not get, you, you might get smarter, right, by, by all the content you consume, maybe. Maybe you'll know more, but it's not a substitute for community. And, and when I'm talking about community, I'm also not talking about really good things, like two hour long lecture style Bible studies or Bible classes where you get to take home homework even, right? So cool. No. <laughs> Community doesn't happen in a classroom setting. It happens in circles. It happens in living rooms, in coffee shops, in rooms that we have for you right here in the church, maybe even on Zoom or Google Meets. 1 Corinthians 8 one says that knowledge, it puffs us up, right? It puffs us up. Look what I know. But love, love builds up content of any kind is not a substitute for community. Do you know that I counted over 30, 30 31 another's in the New Testament in reference to God's people being together In God telling them to to care for one another, to be there for one another, to love each other. Check this out, be devoted to one another. Honor one another. We We all belong to one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving one another, encourage one another, love one another. This is why when sometimes you hear somebody say like, oh, I I don't need the church. I I don't need those people in the church. It's so messed up. I I don't need pastors. I I don't need any of that stuff. I think they are maybe not correct. And I think God thinks that that is not necessarily true either. Over 30 one another's, and this is just a taste. A typical church, a typical group at Christ Journey, at this church, meets once a week for, for about two hours. Maybe right here on campus, off-site somewhere, on, online. Men's groups, women's groups, married couples, mixed groups, morning, evening Everyone, everyone in the group has time to share, to check in with one another, see how everybody's doing. Maybe it's shared over a meal. There's prayer, people open God's word and and everybody's built up together in the body. And sometimes, sometimes because of life's highs and life's lows, sometimes it's just about, it's just about being there for one another. A reminder for us today is Acts 2. 46 through 47 they worshiped together at the temple each day they met in homes for the Lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the good will of the people they did what every day every day now once a week for about 2 hours doesn't seem so bad anymore huh Right? They met together every day, a group here at Christ Journey, once a week for about two hours. We just had a group sign up over the last two weeks, and I want to ask you, did you step out? Did, did you join a group? We want you connected in a group. God wants you connected in a group. You know, you know, Jesus? You know, that guy, he he had a group. He had a group. Get connected. I know it can be scary, but friends, can I tell you that it's worth it? Oh, Desi, I'll get to it in the next round. Maybe you will, but I'll tell you that life isn't gonna necessarily ever, ever let up. There will always be something pulling for your attention. You know, my father-in-law used to say, he used to say, you know, you make time for what's important. And at the time, I was a little bit irritating. <laughs> uh, but it's so true. It's so true. You make time for what's important. When something's important to us, like really important to us, you know it. You find a way to make it happen. You find a way to part the waters and attend that thing or do that thing or put, add that thing to your schedule. You, we find a way to make it happen when it's really important to us. What is something in your life today that you might need to say no to so that you can experience the true blessing of authentic community with others? Maybe it's no to your fear. We just boldly sang about that. So maybe it's saying no to that. Maybe it's no to some of the items in your schedule. Maybe it's it's no to your assumptions of what you think a group might be. Or if they get to know the real me, oh, if they get to know the real me, like, I, I can't risk that. Change is scary, but so is doing life alone, friends. So is doing life alone. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're a part of a different group. You're a part of the been here, done that group. I was in a group for 10 plus years, and a few years ago we, we just stopped meeting and we just haven't gotten back to it yet. Maybe it was because of COVID or whatever the reason is. If you're being honest with yourself and with me, you probably feel a little stuck, right? Like maybe you're just going through the motions of the Christian life. Things don't feel fresh and new anymore. Identify it, call it out. Maybe it's time today to sign up for a new group. Leave, leave the old behind. Sign up for a group today. And group leader that's been on the bench. We need you in the game. Like now, we need you in the back in the game. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of the Lord is drawing near. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be named in that group as some people do. I don't want that for myself, and I don't want it for you. It's time to get back in the game. We we only have one life to live, friends, regardless of who you are or where you are. It's not too late to join the group like today. You you can still do it, do it today. Numbers 2, 1 through 2 says, Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses and Aaron. When the Israelites set up camp, each tribe will be assigned its own area. The tribal divisions will camp beneath their family banners on all four sides of the tabernacle, but at some distance. Experience all that God has for you today in in community. Find your tribe, set up camp, and then don't go anywhere. Like, really, don't go anywhere. Stay here, stay with us. Family's messy, family's sticky. Don't, don't just leave because it's easy. Let those people become like family to you and then fly your family banner high in the air, man. Come on, the blessing is in community. Don't waste your wilderness because you might miss the blessing in it. The tribe stayed close to the tabernacle, close, close to God's presence the, the priests that were there, the priests also were there, and they had a calling to carry out. You see, God has always desired a priestly people for himself. He's desired, he desired one back then, and he still, he still desires one today. And when I say the word priests, I'm not talking about Catholic priests, right? Today, we will be defining priests as living bridges. Living bridges between God and the lost world. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So hear this for you today, friends. Know it. Accept it. It's for you. You are a chosen people. You are his priests. You are his living bridges. In fact, Peter also says in 1 Peter 2.5 that we are living stones and we're, we're being built up together into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. To, to do what? Okay, listen for the echoes back to the tabernacle. To offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God but not through animal sacrifices anymore but through Jesus. This is for us today. We are living stones. We need to be built up together. Why, because God, God needs a spiritual house. It's as if we all had a part to play, right? Go figure. It's like we all had a part to play. We need to be built up together as, as a spiritual house, the body of Christ. As living stones, we need to be active participants, right? In order to have a proper home. What does a home signify? A home signifies strength, it signifies safety, it signifies a place of refuge, a dwelling. Together, we're a royal priesthood and as living bridges between God and the lost world, we can offer, it says, our spiritual sacrifices. How do we do do that? How do I offer a spiritual sacrifice, right? Because it's no longer through an animal, now you're telling me, that it has to, it's a something spiritual. I can tell you how, so with, prayer, with prayers of thanksgiving, with our gifts of time, of growth in God's word, as we live generously and empowered on mission, our spiritual sacrifice is living on edge, right? It's living on edge, so did some of that sound familiar? Hear it again, with our time, with our growth in God's word, with living generously and empowered on mission, That's simply edge. That's how we can offer our spiritual sacrifices to God. So today, Christ follower, know that you are a priest. And because you're a priest and a living bridge, we need need to be built up together. We need each other. This, this is the vision. This is the lens. This isn't my vision. This is God's vision. And there must be a reason why Father God designed it this way. It must be because that is where the blessing lies. In the book of Hebrew, or sorry, the, in Hebrew tradition, the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers is known by a different name. It's known as Bamid Bad, which in Hebrew simply means in the wilderness scroll. The book of Numbers is known as In the Wilderness Scroll. Maybe you're here today and you are Bami Dabad. You are in the wilderness. You're in your very own wilderness. And maybe you're doing it all alone. You're facing it all alone. You do not have to. (laughs) There's blessing waiting for you even in the midst of the wilderness if you follow the heavenly vision that God has for you. So say yes to him today. Some of you are here today and you need need to make a decision to trust Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And if that's you, you you don't need to do anything except repent, ask for forgiveness, and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Some of you are here today and you know that it's time. It's it's been nine months, maybe it's been nine years, maybe it's just been nine weeks, but you know, man, I love this place, and I don't wanna go anywhere else. Then maybe it's time for you to put your stake in the ground, attend startup, become, be, become a member here at Christ's Journey. And for others of you, in fact, for everyone here, in person or online, who isn't in a group, your next step is, is to get into a group. God wants you in a group. We want you in a group. To know, him, to know him as Savior and to experience the fullness, the fullness of Christ in community. Say yes to him today. Say yes to the vision. You know, there's still more blessing for us today. The end of Numbers chapter 6 ends with a blessing. In fact, it's a priestly one. This is what the priest would, would speak over God's people. It was the blessing right before they entered into the wilderness. In a sense, it was their, their sending off their commencement. It was Numbers 6, 24 through 10, 26. And it simply says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. A blessing is the way of asking God's favor over yourself or others. Hear this for you today. The Lord bless you and keep you. This is is simply to have God's favor and his protection. You know, a lot of talk about blessing today, right? You do know that the blessing, it's not stuff, right? You know that the blessing isn't money? The blessing isn't even your circumstances. The blessing is Jesus. It's more of Jesus. The blessing is growing in the knowledge of who Jesus is in community with others. The blessing is in community. So today we're asking him to bless and keep. We want your favor, God, we want your protection. The Lord make his face shine on you. A picture for me is this with Jesus. He's 30 years of age, and he's entering into the waters of baptism. His very own cousin John would baptize him. And as Jesus comes out of the waters of baptism, the scripture says in Matthew that that the sky opened up and the spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And then the audible voice of God said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Hear him say this to you today. My child, I love you. I want to make my face shine on you. I'm so pleased with you. And be gracious to you. Our God is merciful and full of compassion, right? He's so kind. He's so kind and patient with us, right? His grace abounds. It's like a waterfall that it it just doesn't stop. Thank you, God, for your kindness. The Lord, turn his face towards you. This is God saying, I'm here, but I'm here now. You have my full attention. What is it? I'm going to hang on every word you say. You are the apple of my eye. I love you. I turn my face towards you. And give you peace. Peace is what we need, right? Peace in our minds, peace in our hearts, peace in our wilderness. Friends, today, don't waste your wilderness, because the blessing, you might miss the blessing in it. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you today for who you are, God. (laughs) How you reveal yourself to us today, time and time again. Lord, today, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for this picture that you have given us of community with you, God, and community with others. Help us now to see what you would have us do, God. What is our next step? We love you, God. We need you. We need each other show us that, God, make it so real to us that we we need each other, I'm asking you. If you're here today and you hear Jesus calling your name, you know that it's time. Your first step begins today, that you want to follow him. You want the blessing. You want it. You want to begin new life with him then can I ask you, will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you for doing everything that, has been, that is required to pay for my full entrance into, into the family of promise. Lord, you paid it, you paid it all on the cross. It was final, final. You paid the sacrifice for my sins, God, and I wanna invite you in and forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and make your home there. God, lead me. Help my roots grow down deep in you, God. Come live in me. Come live in me, God, as I learn how to follow you. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayers. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you, if you prayed that prayer with me, would you allow me to, to pray God's blessing over you by raising your hand? Amen. Thank you on the, my left, in the middle. God. Thank you on my right. Amen. Lord Jesus. May God bless you, every single one of you that raised your hand if you're joining us online. God bless you. Lord, we love you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing here in our midst. Bless us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.